0: This is the Shoot Ones Podcast, a podcast about the Columbus Blue Jackets and the NHL, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Well guys, hockey is back and it has been so much fun. I have loved this last weekend. Uh, I'm recording the show Sunday night after the Blue Jackets game. It's been a little bit since the game, so I've had some time to digest it and think about it. And <clears throat> Uh, right now I've got Minnesota-Vancouver on while this is happening. But before we get to breaking down the Blue Jackets game, which we most definitely will... <clears throat> excuse me. I, I want to talk about what this weekend has been just in general. And it's been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. First of all, um, because I'm going to get into some weird version of a Golden Globe speech here, uh, I want to thank my-, my wife and my daughter for being incredibly understanding and wonderful people this weekend when it came to me watching a ridiculous amount of hockey and their understanding of what's going on. And and I want to make this clear to everyone that I'm talking to here because I want to make sure we're all appreciating what's happening right now. First, for kind of the uniqueness of this just constant hockey that's going to be happening for the next week. It's it's unique. The NHL normally doesn't do things like this. It is a bizarre uh, set of circumstances that has led us to essentially all the teams having to play in two arenas. So they have to schedule the games real strange and all that. Now here's the other part of it. Um, after this series, after these Stanley cup playoffs, we don't know when we're getting hockey again. Uh, I know for some of you that might feel like a bummer, but for me, it's a reason to really enjoy what I have now. And that, that's actually what I told my, my wife and my daughter when I was like, I'm going to watch just a ridiculous amount of it because when this is over, I don't know when it's coming back. And I know a lot of you, there was when, when, when the season went on hiatus, there was this discussion of, oh, just wait and come back right in the fall. That's not happening. The NHL, the way the economics of the NHL work, they need people in the stands when they do a full season. For the playoffs, it's a little different because there's so much TV money tied up in it that that you can get that, you know, doing this to try and save some money for the TV networks and save some money for the league is a good plan. But they won't be able to put on a full season until they can put fans in the stands. And I mean, worldwide, even the countries that have handled the coronavirus well, where things are going well, and, and obviously in the United States is not that even the places they're handling this well are not talking about reopening sporting events really just yet. Um, I mean, other than places like New Zealand where they're at zero and because it's an island nation, it's easy to keep the number at zero once you had it kind of backed out and and gotten rid of. And the, so the NHL is not going to have fans in the stands until we have a vaccine. And it's not, and I know a lot of people are talking about all the vaccine. Maybe it'll be here by the end of the year, which would be great. But then you're talking about trying to get people to take it. And for some reason, we've got so many people who are anti-vaccines and all this stuff that that getting a sufficient amount of people to take it that we're not going to have outbreaks is going to be tricky. So I, I'm not a believer that come December, come the time the calendar turns, there's going to be a vaccine and the problem will be magically solved. We then have to distribute and put it out everywhere. So it's going to be a trick. So when I say enjoy this... I really do mean that. I mean enjoy this for what it is because we don't know when the NHL will come back. We don't know when a lot of sports will come back. Um, I mean, I could almost see them even doing a made-for-TV tournament come December, January, similar to these circumstances, if there's no if, if there's no time frame for when we're going to have the vaccine out to people, if we even know if we have one yet. So that, that that's my little bummer to start this off with. That being said... Man, this weekend has been so much fun. Um just the constant hockey and some games have been close, some games have not. We had a great play we had a great overtime game with the with the Canadians and the Penguins, which it's always good when the penguins lose. There's always a certain amount of yeah you like with that. There's obviously the Blue Jackets game, which I know some people called it boring because it was a I mean they minimized scoring chances. The Blue Jackets played that game exactly the way they wanted to. But I mean, I was I was ready for it. I mean, Saturday, I had two screens going for when games were two games were happening at once. We had just just ready for it, you know, pretty much playing the weekend around having to do chores and stuff when games weren't happening in that short period of time. It was wonderful. It was special. Uh, and I'm looking forward to just days of this this point point. and because after this week, I mean, some teams are going to get eliminated, so the whole thing is going to slow down a little bit. We're not going to have, we're gonna, still going to have the playoffs, um, but since we won't have to have the uh, round robin games, there'll be a lot less games needed, which will make it easier if we're trying to schedule, because there'll be probably two games a night, and so you'll probably see most of the places go to like a, a five and six o'clock game locally, and then another game at eight, nine, depending on how that goes. That would make a lot more sense to me for what's going on. Um, so the, this will shift. So really enjoyed this week. Cause this week is when this noon to 10 hockey is happening. So I'm loving it. Uh, man, it's been so much fun. Uh, it just, just felt right. Like late on a Saturday night, I, I loved something I loved during hockey season is watching that last game. That's on the hockey night or the 1030 game that happened on Saturday night. And just, kind of watching the end of it, staying up late, being a goofball, that sort of thing. It's great. So having that feeling again was so nice. It felt so right to have that. Uh, I understand a lot of people are saying with what's going on in the world, we shouldn't be doing these things and that thing. I, I know for me in this moment, this felt great. This was awesome. So getting into the Blue Jackets game, which is what, which is what was awesome, man? That was so much fun, I, and by fun, I mean the most one of the most stressful things that's happened in a while at <laughs> games like this games where there's stakes. because uh, the thing is, in an NHL season over 82 games, it really isn't until I mean, if with, with the exception of a few rivalries, like I always hate losing to the Penguins, um, like the Caps, there's certain teams that you really want to beat, but to a large extent. I mean, if you lose a game here and there, you're just kind of, eh, that. you know, you, you're kind of eh, about it for maybe four or five minutes. Then you you get over it and you move on because, hey, there's another game in a few days. This was one of 82, no big deal. It's later in the season, like that February, March time frame where you're really like, we need to start winning some games if we're going to make the playoffs or when you start scoreboard watching that things get things get out of control. And so games like this one, games like the one Sunday night against the Leafs where it really felt like there were stakes, because there are. Uh, I mean, the way I'm thinking of it is, you've only got two losses to get, because that third loss is your season. And so to lose a game would have felt so heavy in in that moment. And what was amazing was, almost from the word go, the Blue Jackets looked like they were playing the game they wanted to play. And that's what was great about it. Um, before this series the idea was that you had one of the league's best offenses against one of the league's best defenses. And I'm still of the opinion. I mean, the Maple Leafs are going to win at least one game. This, this isn't going to be a sweep. We, we know that. Um, but it was, I mean, the blue jackets minimized chances for the Leafs. Uh, the blue jackets didn't have, didn't have as many good chances as they would have wanted. That's for sure. Um, they they had opportunities they didn't they could have done better on and they did not but they played the game that they wanted to play and that was the really cool thing watching that watching that game i mean the and the numbers kind of bore it out so i'm looking at natural stat trek. and it's fun to talk about the numbers from a game again for me because that's something i love interpreting the game from because you watch the game and you want to make sure that what you saw is what was real and and the numbers that Natural Stat Trick has given us at 515 score and venue adjusted is really tells what I saw, which is the the Corsi Four again. Corsi is an incomplete stat, but it gives just kind of a general idea. The Blue Jackets had fifty two point six five percent of Corsi four, so shots, shot attempts essentially, uh, at five on five at five one five. The big ones are scoring chances. The blue jackets had fifty point nine nine percent of the scoring chances for the high danger, it's 53.42%. So they did, I mean, they didn't strongly outchance the Leafs, but they did enough. They definitely did enough. Uh, of the expected goals for Blue Jackets at 55.05%. So, I mean, the expected goals for at five on five was 1.88 for the Jackets and 1.54 for the Leafs. They held the Maple Leafs to an expected goals of one and a half which is exactly what they wanted to do. It was exactly what they wanted in that game. And it was... It was kind of a... Uh, uh, just a perfect encapsulation of what... what you wanted that game to be. Um, you played well. Corpusalo did really well, which I'm super happy about because... Uh, obviously, I was not. Uh, if you saw me on Twitter, I when it happened, when they when he announced that Corpy was starting, part of me was eh, about it. And the reason I say that is that I'm just not. I, I'm I'm a believer that Elvis is the guy you want. That Elvis is the is the goalie that you want in these situations, and that i i i have seen elvis when elvis plays he seems to have more confidence i think he seems to have more natural talent but but Torts saw something or he talked to the coach something happened that he decided he wanted corpusalo and it was great and, and corpusalo let's be clear on what was out of corpusalo other than that one great save uh, that austin matthews had where it was where or he had on austin matthews where the pass went in the middle Austin Matthews somehow was just right there in front of the net, just teed off, and Corpasolo did that, throwing himself across and catching the puck. Corpasolo's game was very simple tonight. the The team really took care of him because most of the pucks just went right in his chest. There weren't a lot of great scoring chances. Uh, I mean, it was it was incredible what they were able to do. The statistic I saw was. What was it that the... Uh, I'm trying to find it here. I know it was Allison and Lucan that tweeted it out, and then somebody else did at least. It was something along the lines of the the final 6-19 of the game. The, the, the Maple Leafs didn't get a shot. Which is incredible. Again, they, that team locked it down. When you watch that game... There were so many moments where it looked like the Maple Leafs wanted to do something and the Blue Jacks just made it one step harder than it needed to be. Just putting their stick in the way and just broke up with the Maple Leafs wanted to do. The Maple Leafs are the kind of team, uh, Portsline referred to them as a Ferrari that they're, you know, it's a, it's a, a huge, it's a wonderful, powerful machine that can go fast and take tight turns and do all this wonderful stuff. And that, but the way he compared it was, but you get it out in the snow or off road and it's, it's going to have problems. And the way I would say, looking at it is the Maple Leafs do play like a fine tuned machine on offense. But the issue with it being fine tuned is it's also the kind of machine where uh, it, it's, it's almost like the those of you who remember when we used to listen to things on physical media, like a CD player, you get the tiniest little scratch on the CD and that might ruin the thing. And that's what the blue Jacks are doing all night. Just scratching, just little scratches here and there, just little bits where they were fighting. I will say who I was impressed with. I, I mean, the, the blue jackets played well in a lot of ways. Um, and I'll, I'll get to some things that concern me here in a minute who impressed me a lot. Uh, Foodie was real good defensively. Um, did a lot of times breaking stuff up. There was one I noticed really well. I want to say it was in the second period. Where when the puck went down to the Maple Leafs End, somebody passed it. Foodie had it in the Maple Leafs End, got turned over, and then when it got passed back, got passed back to center ice and in the neutral zone, Foodie caught up with somebody and caught up with the guy who got it and was able to break things up and just to just to break it up so the Maple Leafs couldn't transition well. It was great. Um, Robinson's speed really showed up a couple of times. Eric Robinson just looked really good. And one play that stuck out for me. It was later in the game. uh, Seth Jones goes back to collect a puck. He catches it along the wall. And then he comes to the near wall. uh, Two skaters from the Maple Leafs get him before he's about to leave the jacket zone. And the puck kind of squirts out. And he just kind of pushes one out of the way and gets behind him. And just keeps going. Then another Maple Leaf starts coming at him. And he just kind of flips the puck around him. And then he just goes down into the Maple Leafs corner. And just... Puts the puck against the wall and just holds it. And it was amazing. And it's one of those things where you see a defenseman who's like, I- I'm just going to maintain possession. I know what the game plan was. This is where we are. I'm just going to maintain possession of the puck. And that's what he did. And it was great. It was just incredible to see. Um, and, and again, some of the stats that, that kind of hold up on what you're looking for. I was looking at a uh, evolving hockey's website. They've got the, the map out for shots and it's the kind of thing where you look at it and the, they've got a cool thing on their site and it's, for, it's for patrons. If you, if you sign up for it, but I would, I'd recommend doing it cause it's really cool. But essentially every shot is a colored square based on if it, you know, scores or if it's a miss or what happens. Um, And the size of the square tells you the essentially the size of the expected goal value. And the Blue Jackets had some big expected goals right down in front of the net, where Pierre-Luc Dubois had a backhand that was really good. Um, Eric Robinson had some great shot, had a great shot inside. Bjorkstrand, Bjorkstrand had a few all night. Were right around the circles or inside the circles. He would he just had some flicks, and it's the kind of thing where if if Bjorkstrand keeps playing like that, he's going to get a goal or two in this series. It's going to happen. Um, York Strand yeah, no, there's another one from Bjorkstrand. What's amazing is the the Cam Atkinson goal that went in really probably shouldn't have. Um, it, it was the kind of goal, it was the kind of shot I think I've seen Cam Atkinson take about 100 times, and every once in a while it goes in. But it's the kind of goal that he, it's the kind of shot that he'll take wanting to create other offense uh, where you'll have this expectation of he throws it And maybe it just goes wide net to the right, but it goes around the boards and somebody's going to get it. Maybe it goes off the goalie and then it creates a rebound situation, that sort of thing. Um, When you look at the Maple Leafs, they got some stuff to the inside. They did get some good ones there, but a lot of their shots were kept to the outside all night at even strength. And at even strength... um, Evolving Hockey had it listed as at even strength. The Blue Jackets with 1.93 expected goals for the Maple Leafs at 1.32. And that's where the Blue Jackets have to try and win this series. You have to be able to create better chances than your opponent, than, than the Maple Leafs. Because the Maple Leafs' talent is too good, because they're going to lose one of these games in the series and it'll be a game where when it ends I've said this a couple times now, I've, I've said they're going to lose a game this way they'll lose a the game that way. Uh, I'm I'm now less worried about the whole they'll lose game by a blowout, and more positive they will lose a game where the expected goals they do better than the Maple Leafs, but the Maple Leafs will have more go in just because they're a better they're a better finishing team that sort of thing. Um, so it's I mean don't don't look at this one game and get a sense of okay it's time for the Blue Jackets to get a sweep or anything like that. I know uh, what was it the Blue Jackets are now five and zero oh in playoff games against teams that are blue and white uh, was what cap and cornelius put on twitter which i thought was pretty funny but don't get too ambitious about what's going to happen next we don't know this is going to get trickier before we hit an end um i fully expect shelton keith to be making adjustments to be trying to figure out a way around this I, with torts you're in a crazy place because you did something that worked do you adjust it because the thing is you might tell them oh watch out for this maybe you watch and go back and watch the video from the the first game and say okay we think this is how they're going to adjust keep your eyes on that guys that wouldn't surprise me to see them do that um but that's that's where i'm at if you're the blue jackets what you want to see i i do want to see i personally want the the ice time Shifted a little bit. Um, I know that, and this these are all five on five numbers, so that things aren't uh, adjusted based on oh, well, this guy plays power play, this play guys guy plays penalty kill. I know Winberg got the empty net goal, um, but and maybe Winberg got so much ice time because of who was on his line. I think he was out there with Cam Atkinson. The I, I think that. Th- that fourth line of Robinson, Nash, Bemstrom, I'd like to see some more time out of them. Uh, I, I think it's. I think they were, I think they were pretty good when they were on the ice. Texier was on the ice for 16 minutes, and and I think you felt it. Um, he got some shots, he got some chances. He had one breakaway that he didn't convert, but he played really well defensively. I mean, what was really impressive about this game, and I know I'm rambling, but hey, it's a late it's, it was a late game and I'm doing a late show, so I'm just gonna do it because it's fun. What was impressive about the game in a lot of ways is that for how many young players were involved, they they, they seem to just buy into the system. They seem to just say, yep, we're involved, we're in it. We're going to do this. And I thought that was great. So I was super excited about what happened there. I, it, was, it was wonderful. Um, again, as far as what you want to see in the next game, um, I think more foodie, more text. I want to see guys who have a chance of... I, wanna, I mean, you want to see more scoring chances. Um, I mean, part of it is Anderson stood on his head. Anderson did really well so i was i was happy i mean you know you can only do so much against that kind of stuff but i'm i was really excited after this game and and it, i had the normal expect the normal situation i had in any blue jackets game like this where you're kind of just generally nervous the whole game i mean until that empty net goal went in you're just kind of what's going to happen what's going to happen what's going to happen Ugh. i don't know guys i'm super excited i'm really excited for what's going to happen this week i mean obviously there's just going to be mad amounts of hockey all weekend long um letting you know tuesday is the next game four o'clock against toronto so if you have to make work arrangements i'd make them because i'm not missing that game then they will play thursday and friday um we know those games will both be necessary at this point Uh, Those will technically be Blue Jackets home games. So you'll get to hear Leo do the national anthem for those ones. If Fox Sports Ohio does their stuff right. Oh, that part of tonight was nuts. I know for a lot of you out there, for those of you who aren't aware, the way this is all set up, um, essentially, you know, all the games are on NBC for national stuff and NBCSN or USA or whatever they put it. But in your local market, if your local RSN carries your team, that's who shows your local game. For some reason, the RSN for several providers like YouTube TV and Hulu and DirecTV in the Columbus area and even in Cleveland, normally Fox Sports Ohio has a setup where if they have two events happening at once, like say a Reds game and a Blue Jackets game, they can show one on one feed, one on the other. And they tend to put it where their main feed will have whoever's the most relevant team to the local one. Uh, like theoretically, in this game, for this game in Cincinnati, with the Reds games, we're going to stay on. In Cleveland and Columbus, the Blue Jackets were going to be on. Somehow, they messed this up. And it wasn't until like more than 10 minutes into the first period that they got the Blue Jackets game on. And they were showing Reds. And it wasn't even that the Reds game was still happening, it was like their post game at that point they were putting on, which was just ridiculous and, and beyond. Here's hoping that Fox Sports Ohio's learned their mistake and fixes it going forward. Um, I'm going to share with you guys now a quick message, a uh, quick ad from our, our folks over at uh, the sh- or over at the Hockey Podcast Network, another one of our great shows, the show about the uh, Arizona Coyotes, which they're having a good time right now. So, hey, check out this show. I'm Corey Cranstra. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is For You with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What? Did I just listen to? Oh, f- this game. This game is. This game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh! I actually. They actually make me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty. What? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted. Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh god. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, guys. One other thing before we. Finish out the show today, um, and it's going to be about the. I mean, just to just to be straight up with it, it's about all of the um, talks about social issues and the the, the essentially end racism stuff the NHL put up and and the speech from Matt Dumba and and the specifics of it I'm not going to get into. I mean, NBC broadcasts it plenty of times. The NHL wants you to look at it, all that good stuff. So you know what was on it. What I want to address is a little bit of this thing that's been happening. And I don't know what your social media is like. I don't know who you follow or what anything. But the NHL seems to have gotten into a situation where they've made everybody angry at them. Which, I I don't know. I, I, I know that for some people the idea that you're playing it right down the middle on something like racism sounds bad. But things get tricky. Um, I know a lot of people, especially after the uh, how things played out in the, in the in the scrimmage games, people were saying that the NHL wasn't saying enough and then they did their their opening weekend stuff and those were, I thought pretty good the the, the Matt Dumba speech was really good. Uh, the video they showed for the game in the Eastern Conference was pretty good. I think it would made sense that they waited until, what were the two games that were on NBC that were on the broadcast network and national to make the big thing that makes a lot of sense to me um and and i know that for some people what they did wasn't enough and maybe it wasn't but i also know we saw some of the obligatory tweets and stuff of well now that the nhl has said this i'll never watch them again which I mean, first of all, those people probably are going to watch again. Second of all, if if somebody's standing up and saying that you know racism and systemic racism is a bad thing, if that makes you say, "I never want to watch this again," I'm, I'm sorry that that's how angry that makes you. That's not good. You you look look yourself in the mirror. I mean, if we've known any if any if this year has taught us anything. Even if you don't think that racism is prevalent in the real world, which there's some there's some mental gymnastics I think going on there to to try and tell yourself that um and that probably angered some people, but that's just that's that's how I believe it and not well not how I believe it. it's what my thought process led me to on it. We know it exists in the hockey world. We know all sorts of weird hockey culture things are going on that need to be reevaluated and changed, and that's fine. Things change; they get better. That's what's happened in the last hundred years. I mean, that's that's just what it is. So, anyway, guys, stopping back on a normal note. Uh, enjoy the games this week. There's going to be just so much hockey, and again, we don't know when it's happened again. If if your team isn't the Blue Jackets, but your team's playing definitely make a point of seeing all their games. I'm seeing as many games as I can just in general. So thank you guys for listening and go Jackets. Are you looking for a new Jersey? Is there a new player you want? Do you want to, do you want an Elvis Jersey? Do you, do you get excited about, are you looking forward to the draft when a, uh, when the blue jackets make a first round pick and you can, whoever it is, you want to get a Jersey of them right away. I don't know whatever you're looking for. I do know that what you want to do is you want to go to coolhockeycom THPN when you want to get a jersey, uh, and use the promo code THPN, because you're going to get uh, you're going to get thirty percent off there at the website and and CoolHockey.com. I know that when you're searching around for jerseys online, you're wondering, am I going to get something that's worth it? Am I going to get one of these weird knockoffs where the numbers are all weird? What's going to happen? CoolHockey.com is going to have a great selection for you. They ensure that every product that leaves the doors is done to the specifications of the NHLPA. They don't outsource their jerseys for customization, so they're able to offer you all the best ones, um, great quality on it. Uh, So again, go to coolhockey.com slash THPN, so forward slash THPN, and use the promo code THPN for all your hockey jersey needs. Again, coolhockey.com slash THPN. Please connect with the show on Twitter at Shoot One's Pod, and thank you for listening to the Shoot One's Podcast.